I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Today we've got a great story about a cat getting its own revenge. But first, parks are your blocking both sides of our driveway? Ooh boy. The setup... I spent my teenage years living in a small town of around 3,000 to 4,000 people. My parents had purchased a house near the downtown area, just a literal block away from the bank, and all the mom and pop shops. It was very convenient, except for one weekend out of the entire year. For one weekend in October, this town had a very well-known festival. Our small community ballooned from 3 to 4,000 people living there to easily over 30,000 people invading for just that one weekend. There were booths, a carnival, a bus tour that took people out to see historical sites, a play production, and vendors everywhere selling homemade goods and food. Parking was a nightmare, TM. No street was safe. No lawn was safe. It wasn't unusual for me to walk outside Saturday morning and find vehicles parked on our side lawn. We were very close to the main action, and some of the vendors asked very nicely if they could park there for convenience. My dad was pretty chill about it. If you asked, he always gave permission as he understood how hairy it was. We also had a two-car garage with four spaces for parking, two outside the garage, and two between those spaces in the sidewalk. Those two were split by a median that had a spindly tree in the center. My parents would park their cars in the garage and offer the four free spaces to friends and family. And almost always we would get elderly and or handicapped people asking if they could park there, to which my father always said yes. In fact, he started giving people our number to call and reserve a spot for free. Now for the actual deets. One year, someone decided to park in front of the median to our driveway. It wasn't a large car. I suppose they thought they could fit there without issue. However, the front and back bumper were blocking both sides of the driveway. A few of our handicapped friends arrived early and had to drive over the curb a bit to get in. My father wasn't really happy about it, but getting the car towed wasn't really possible. As I said, this was a tiny town and the cops had their hands full. Plus, getting a tow truck into that area would have been very difficult, considering three of the four streets by my house, we were on a corner, were blocked by the festival. Nothing to be done about it. At some point, whoever owned the car returned to it and left while we weren't aware. The next year, it happened again. Not sure if it was the same car, but again, it was blocking the driveway on both sides. I walked outside that morning to greet the vendors I knew would be on our side lawn and then go get funnel cakes. And there the car was. This time it was there all day. My father was really unhappy. We had friends and family and folks who had reserved spots having to curb check every time they wanted in or out. We figured they wouldn't be back Sunday, as they hadn't been last year, but also we weren't sure if it was the same person. My dad, however, decided to put a plan in action just in case. Sure enough, the next day there's that car again blocking our driveway. I sighed and shook my head and ran off to get the morning's coffee and funnel cakes for the family. 
On returning, my father was putting his plan into action. The night before, he had taken our cars out of the garage and parked them on the now empty streets. Soon as he saw the car had parked itself into the median again, he gleefully parked both cars a fraction of an inch before their front and rear bumpers. Then he got himself a cooler of beer, cracked one open, and sat on our front porch in a rocking chair to watch. It was a really nasty, cold, rainy day, so thankfully we didn't have any reservations from friends to park. My dad had spent the better part of the day watching the world go by, drinking beer and waiting. Eventually, the couple who owned the car returned. They got into their car and turned it on to get the defroster working, and sat there for a good 15 minutes, probably assessing their situation. The driver gets out, checks the front bumper, then the back. My dad is grinning from ear to ear, but he doesn't call out to the guy. Finally, he leaves. His wife or girlfriend or whatever stays in the passenger seat. When he returns, he has a cop with him. Now, this is a small town. The cops all know my father. He's a local mechanic. Also, there's an ordinance about drinking alcohol in public, so dad had to swiftly stash his beer and close the cooler. The cop just shook his head as he observed the situation. I'm pretty sure he was laughing internally or maybe screaming since the festival was always hard on the local police force. He approaches my father and says, Hey dad, how's it going today? Dad says, Good day to you, officer. Just enjoying the scenery on this rainy day. They say, Look, I get that you're unhappy they parked where they did, but I'm going to need you to move your vehicles. Dad said, I just want an apology from them, officer, and a promise they never do it again. The cop just sighed heavily. I'm sure they're very sorry, dad. Please move your cars for me. I'd be real appreciative. So dad takes his time doing so. The guy didn't get out of his car or roll down his window the whole time while this is going on. And as soon as the cars are moved, he takes off. But not without first getting a ticket from the officer. We never had anyone attempt to park in the median ever again. But dad still kept our cars parked on the street just in case. You gotta hate that one person ruined it for everybody else, but when it comes to a big festival with 30,000 people, you're probably going to find some jerks in that crowd. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit that subscribe button down below. That said, our next story is, subscribe to MAGA Uncle to leftist charities. My uncle is, and always has been, an outspoken conservative but he's also the kind of person who intentionally starts stuff to get a rise out of people. He's also an ex-Special Forces guy. Example, years ago when my little bro was getting ready to go to college, my uncle decided to ask my mom why he wasn't joining the military. Then he lectured her on how it's his patriotic duty. In college, I studied political science, so I was well in tune with current events. Uncle and I got into an argument at a family gathering and eventually I walked away. You can't argue with stupid people. They'll drag you down to their level and beat you with experience. I was seething mad and when I got home, I subscribed him to as many liberal publications and charities as I could. NPR, the ACLU, Human Rights Watch, Amnesty International, etc. To this day, I still don't know if he ever figured out it was me, but it's still so darn satisfying. It's really awkward when political opinions clash so hard while being in the same family. When you're in the same family and you're having a get-together, 
I guess you would kind of hope or expect that you have some level of agreeance on political issues. I think one thing's for sure, regardless of what political beliefs you have, it's no fun when no one tries to push those upon you. Or also, it's no fun when somebody tries to make it their whole personality. This next story is, you forgot your Christmas tree needles. About four years ago, I had an inconsiderate neighbor living above me in a stacked condo. We were both homeowners of our respective units. She was a very lazy woman. Her massive dog would use the bathroom on her balcony, and it would run onto my patio and furniture. She would play fetch with the dog inside, driving me crazy. She spilled paint all over my balcony. The worst! That year, she got a real Christmas tree instead of a fake one. Well, after Christmas, she let it sit on her balcony for months. By March, the tree was totally dead and losing all of its needles under her balcony. So, she decided to throw it over her balcony onto mine and my steps and barbecue. She then proceeded to sweep all of the needles onto my lower unit property. We're talking a lot of needles. I would go out there periodically with a bucket and shovel snow and needles onto the bucket. I would let the snow melt while the needles were in a strainer. Every few days, I would shove handfuls of pine tree needles under the hood of her car, under the hood, on her front porch, surrounding her car. She got pretty upset, but I was simply returning her pine tree needles she forgot on my property. Then she moved away. The end. I mean, I guess it seems petty to want to try to go to some kind of authority for... But isn't this like a prime non-emergency number level report? How does somebody get away with literally just chucking a tree off of their patio onto your patio below them with all the pine needles and whatnot? The revenge was good, but you'd like to see somebody hold them accountable. Our next story is take advantage of me and pay for years. I worked in a country store several years ago. We had a hot bar where we served breakfast and lunch daily. Basic items, eggs, bacon, sausage, fried chicken, chicken strips, and things like that. When the health inspector would come in, he would lie and blame us, knowing it was his own fault for things like mislabeled products. He was the one who created the labels for us to put on the products. Somehow, he'd always skate by with a passing inspection, despite all the problems found. I became pretty friendly with the health inspector over time, and managed to get her direct contact information. I went above and beyond for this man. I would take deposits to the bank when he didn't have time or was out of town. I'd pick up supplies in another city when our usual person wasn't able to. It was never enough for this man. I had run the business for months while he looked for a manager. One day, he accuses me of stealing a coffee drink, $2.50, and I lost it. I shoved my receipt in his face and walked out. I was so angry and hurt after all that I had done for him. I knew my leaving would mean nothing to him. Always another sucker looking for a job. So I did the only thing I could think of to get back at him. I started calling the health inspector. I initially called about things we had successfully hidden from her. Boom. A surprise inspection. I'd call and say the drink fountain nozzles had mold in them. Boom. Another inspection. I did this monthly for over a year when a friend of mine became manager and asked me to stop. When she quit, guess what? Back to calling. It's now been almost 10 years and I live over 1,500 miles away. But still, every couple months, I throw a call to the health inspector. 
So basically, when the health inspector would come in, the boss would lie and blame all of the workers, though it was his own fault for the mislabeled products and generally bad work. Basically, this boss was willing to throw anybody else besides them under the bus, and for that alone, you feel great about what OP did here because they deserve it, they're a jerk. Our next story is Petty Revenges. I got reminded today of this revenge from a while back. Not sure how petty they can be considered or if it was a needed thing. So, I work as a bike rider delivery person in a very touristic city in Europe. A few years ago, before COVID, we had less people doing the same work. So we had groups on WhatsApp with almost all the active riders and drivers. We were paid per delivery, and long waits in the restaurant were always a problem. This one particular restaurant got not one, not two, but three separate petty revenges coming their way. The first, they would always make us wait a long time, over 30 minutes. We would always complain about it to each other without finding a solution, until I once went there. I'm normally very chill, but that day, I lost my cool after seeing people get in and out, or in and start eating, and I was still out, waiting for a couple of pizzas I had to deliver. I put my bike in front of the door, my backpack in front of the bike, and stood there, blocking their only door. The waiter came and rudely said that I couldn't block the door. I said, and you can't make me wait 40 minutes for two freaking pizzas. I'm on public soil, so if you want me to leave, give me the pizzas and I'm out. I was out of there in five minutes. I told so to my colleagues and they started doing the same thing for a while. The second revenge... At the time, we could refuse doing deliveries without explanation. We all decided to stop accepting deliveries from this restaurant after a colleague of mine got his bike thrown in the middle of the road because he blocked the door of the restaurant for 50 minutes. And then the cook, the owner, came out of the pizza making area. He was in the middle of the restaurant just to offend him in front of the clients. Third revenge, the company we worked for started to call us to implore us individually to stop the boycott. We told them what happened. They said they would look into it, but nothing changed. Most of us refused, but the orders kept coming. We decided enough was enough. We bombarded the place with one-star reviews and said horrible things, mostly true since it was all service-related, about the place. They lost a gigantic portion of their clients. They had four restaurants, were opening the fifth in the city. Now they only have two and had to go to a smaller place with one of them. None of their restaurants are in the touristic area anymore. This change happened before COVID, so we know it was us. Does anybody else believe that if you're a boss who runs your business the way they do, which is with a lot of anger, operating especially on spite, Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/spoken today. 
that it's unlikely for your restaurant to be doing super well? Or can the grumpiest of owners still have a very successful business? I'd like to know what you guys think. Our next story is, so I'm responsible for a manager's job? I, 25-year-old female, am tired of my current job, fast food, this is why. This past Wednesday, I was completely fine at work because the store is closed on Thanksgiving. Then, Thanksgiving rolls around and I started getting a sore throat. Nothing major, right? Well, not exactly. The next day, I started feeling a little more sick with panic attacks all while at work. Side note, most of my panic attacks have to be triggered by something. If nothing's triggering it, then I know I'm definitely sick with something. I told my manager at the time that I wasn't feeling well, and she made an attempt to call in someone to take over my shift. This was around 10pm because the lobby closed at midnight, but no luck. So I sucked it up and kept pushing myself, thinking I was going to be fine after that, right? Wrong again. Yesterday I go to my doctors and they confirm I have the flu because I was way worse on Friday with a probable 101 fever. My husband was not happy about how they're treating me at work because he knows I called them 3 hours before my shift started telling them that I can't come into work that day. Shift started at 6. They, the manager at the time, said that they'll send me a list of contacts to call, but that never happened. I called again, and it was a different manager. I told her what happened. She understood that the previous manager failed to send me the list, but she also said that I'm still getting a write-up for not calling someone to take my shift, and that it was in my orientation. Here's the petty revenge. Doc said I can't go back to work until December 1st, and I have to be fever-free for 24 hours. The fever broke this morning. I'm not going into work at all until the 1st. Then, I'm putting in my two weeks notice that day. That, or they fire me for no reason because it's an at-will state, which I don't care either way. Regardless, if I'ma be petty, it'll be petty in a professional way. Just for clarity, this post was written a number of days before December 1st. So it was a nice little break for OP, and then they can put their notice in immediately after that nice little break. If they're going to enforce really strict rules on you like that, where your fever is literally going crazy, you're having panic attacks, you're clearly ill, and they go, yeah, well, you're still getting a write-up, that's definitely not the place you should be working. This next story is, I need you to know you're dead to him. My boyfriend's only family is his brother. Their mom died when my boyfriend was 20. She was a single mom who worked her butt off with zero child support. The last time my boyfriend saw his dad in the flesh was when he was 10. He remembers his mother didn't trash talk his dad and was just honest at times like Christmas. With zero child support, she couldn't buy a lot. My boyfriend's brother, who's older, remembers them waiting with their suitcases to spend summer with their dad, and he didn't show. They were close to and even lived with their aunt for a time as kids. She barely contacted them after their mom died. I recently asked my boyfriend if he'll send a courtesy invite to his aunt for our eventual wedding. Since she did invite them to Thanksgiving those first few years, he corrected me saying, she didn't invite me, she invited brother. My boyfriend was still in college. If my brother died as a single parent and left behind two kids barely in their 20s, I couldn't abandon them so easily. I know the details are messier and more complex than what I know, but their relatives didn't even have to raise them. They couldn't have invited them over more and made sure they had a freaking family? And his isn't even child-free. 
My dad is extremely involved in my cousin's adult life after her dad died when we were kids. He never had to raise her. He was just there for her and we lived four hours away. Of course, everyone's friends on Facebook. I guess aunt said happy birthday to the boys and messaged them once or twice. Three years ago, my boyfriend became Facebook friends with his dad, who is now happily retired and living well off the trade skill that paid him under the table. His dad asked if he'd ever be interested in meeting up. Boyfriend said yes. His dad ghosted him. My boyfriend rarely, if ever, posts on Facebook. I post fairly regularly, but don't tag him often, because I think it's dumb when a dude's entire timeline is just his girlfriend. One of the few exceptions was today's photo dump of our Thanksgiving weekend with his brother. It's the second time I've referred to his brother on social as his sole living relative slash only living family member. I once emphasized how great it is to spend time with them and know my boyfriend's only family. Today I said, maybe it really is nice and more laid back to only have one living relative. No screaming drama ensued, but his aunt did like my post. I hope it's loud and clear, not just that these guys are happy and successful, despite how absolutely screwed everyone around them was, but that those relatives are dead to at least me. Screw all of them. OP absolutely spoke the truth here. I feel even if the family did fall on hard times, you don't have to go and bail them out, but it would be nice to at least be there with them and act like family around them. This next story is, mess with my friend, get chipmunked. This is the story how I got some, for me at least, very sweet revenge against a stupid teacher. The higher council of our church decided that my and the neighboring town's churches have to fuse. So for some time we would have the pastor from the other town preach at our church. The problem for me was that he was the kind of person who is still stuck in some former century, still thinks women belong in the kitchen and LGBTQ is crap. I could endure all of this. I was visiting ceremonies rather regularly so it didn't bother me much. The breaking point was reached when a friend of mine told me a story. She went to a vacation camp organized by said preacher. One evening he had a group of people from a splinter cell of our church make a bible hour. The whole church distances itself from this group because of their beliefs. Apparently they believe and tell such BS that, after a bit, my friend cried because she was made to believe that she was the reason her grandma died. She wasn't, and that she was the worst person on earth, all while the pastor sat there and smiled. Now for the revenge part, I'm a member in the technical team of the church. I manage sound during the messes and stuff. We have a big sound mixer which has quite a few possibilities to screw up. One day my plan got real. During his preach, which normally just consisted of him throwing bible verses around, I turned a little knob on the mixer. For about 15 to 20 seconds, his voice went from normal to chipmunk. The whole church laughed at him while he wondered what was wrong with his microphone. And since this was during COVID, the whole thing was live streamed. I tried to keep a straight face and turn the knob back. He never figured out what happened, and I never told anyone what I did. It's a funny revenge, but sadly, I don't think it really stops somebody like that. In fact, they would probably take the laughs, look beyond it, and then keep spouting whatever hardcore beliefs they have. Our next story is, you won't listen on where to park? Your car's been towed. My grandfather's in his 80s. In his prime, he was a tradesman. 
He's got a couple stories that was well received in malicious compliance. This is another one of his stories. For simplicity's sake, he'll be referred to as Gramps. On this specific job site, Gramps was running a long, boomed forklift. He had an issue with a tradesman, whom I believe Gramps said was an electrician. We'll roll with it for the sake of the story. The issue was that Mr. Electrician kept parking in a specific spot that was completely in the way of the work area. Gramps tried to be nice and approached the guy multiple times, telling him not to park there. But since he had to approach him multiple times, the message fell on deaf ears. Early one day, Gramps had had enough of Mr. Electrician's holier-than-thou attitude, so he takes the forklift tine extensions and navigates the tines underneath Mr. Electrician's car. This forklift could reach to the second story, so he decided Mr. Electrician didn't deserve that much of a repercussion that also could easily backfire on him. So, Gramps decided to maneuver the car elsewhere. The workday ends and, unsurprisingly, Mr. Electrician's car is gone. Mr. Electrician approaches Gramps and asks about his car. Gramps tells a mistruth and tells Mr. Electrician that the car was towed. When pressed for more information about the tow truck, Gramps plays dumb and says he was too busy to pay attention to the tow truck. On the second day, Mr. Electrician's foreman approaches Gramps. He asks Gramps to come clean to Mr. Electrician. Gramps refuses. But later that day, he retrieved Mr. Electrician's car. To this day, Gramps doesn't think that Mr. Electrician doesn't know where his vehicle went, but Gramps' act of petty revenge was well received, and Mr. Electrician never parked there again. Honestly, I think the workplace should adopt that as a rule. If you can't help but park in the workspace, we might get a forklift and move your car manually. Don't park there. Our next story is, my cheating boyfriend of 8 years likes to go through my stuff, careful what you might find, stud. My now ex-boyfriend, we'll call him Bob, was cheating on me. Bob had a habit of digging through my stuff and reading my private journals, bank statements, just intrusive as freak. The day I found out he was cheating, I took my anger and got creative. I copied the letterhead from my healthcare provider and forged a letter from my gynecologist informing me I had genital herpes and a handful of other nasty STIs. I stuck the letter under the mattress because I knew he snooped around there and waited. I'll never forget the look on his face when he found that letter, the panic on his face when he realized that whatever diseases I had, he had given me. Ah, so sweet, so petty. It might be a little far to scare them that they might have some kind of lifelong ailment, but if they're sleeping around behind your back, you kind of feel justified in doing so. I mean, you just feel devastated. You want to get back at them however you can. Our next story is, let your dog crap in our yard? I bring it back to you. My girlfriend, wife now, lived in a rented house. It was a nice neighborhood. We were outside playing with her three daughters who at the time were three, five, and eight. The guy next door opened his door up and let his dog out. The dog ran straight to my wife's yard and took a big crap. Well, it just so happens the day before her youngest daughter had fell into a pile of dog poo. We had no idea where it had come from. So I go over to the guy's house and knock on his door. I say, hello, your dog just came next door and crapped in our yard. My wife's daughter fell into the dog poo yesterday. I'm sure it was from your dog. Can you please keep your dog in your yard? 
The guy looked at me in the eye and said, my dog can crap where he wants. I said, are you sure that's how you want to handle this? He said, screw off. I said, okay, have a nice night. I then went and got a plastic bag, picked up his dog poo, walked back into his yard, left a note on his car windshield with my phone number. Then I smeared the dog poo on his windshield. The note said, if you have a problem with this, contact me. Every time your dog craps in my yard, I'll bring it back home to you. Thank you for your help. We had no more problems with the dog. I mean, 100% it sends a great message, but I think OP was really gambling there because dog poo or not, that's a pretty clear-cut vandalism charge, I feel like. This next story is, do unto a cat and she will do unto you. This isn't my story, but a solid lesson for my friend's mom. Once upon a time, my friend M had a white cat named Snowball who was made of fur and spite and was old enough to not give a freak about anything. Seriously, this cat liked maybe one person in M's family. One fateful day, M's mom had simultaneously pissed off M, M's dad, and Snowball. Then in her infinite wisdom, mom decided to lay down on the couch and take a nap. M and dad were watching TV when they hear a sound from the direction of the couch that should strike fear into the hearts of every cat owner. Ack, ack, ack. They looked over to the couch. Ack, ack, ack. Snowball was perched on the back of the couch above mom. Ack, ack, ack. It was clear she intended a healthy dose of vengeance barf. Ack, ack, ack. Em and dad said nothing. Rather anticlimactically, mom woke up in time to avoid the cat puke. But imagine what might have been. I love the fact that you know cats can be such vengeful creatures that you know although they were probably having a real hairball moment, it almost seems certain that they specifically chose right over the top of her as a way of getting payback. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another absolutely crazy story of revenge, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I am a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you.